Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and we got a new official article recently, Scott, that I don't want to say deja vu, but there w- there's been some discussions across various social media as always, the rabble is up in arms and or whatever, however you want to look at it, but people were, were getting a little worked up. I don't think the article was actually in response to it. I think it was very, I don't know what Wizard's schedule regimen is for these things. I'm sure this was in the pipeline for a while and just happened to hit, or maybe I'm totally off base and it's completely reactionary. Uh, I'm not really sure, but what we're talking about is the new win condition, and that's daring escape. Now, our discussion is going to kind of drift into a number of related topics, but to start out, any thoughts on either the the article or the card itself, or do you just want to get into the vagaries? I don't think it's possible for me to just jump in without getting into specifics. So. Well, then have <laughs> at it, Scott. <laughs> Uh, the article was well written. Don't get yes. me wrong. Um, I guess I'm going to try to take both sides of the coin on this one, um, unless you want to take one side or the other. Um, I feel like we're going to bounce both because I just to preface everything and not to break your train of thought. For me, I mentioned this offline. I don't remember if I said it to you or I said it in one of the the larger group chats, but it it's very much I completely understand. Everything that is being said, I don't think any of it's wrong. I just don't like it, <laughs> I guess, is the easiest and most succinct way to put it. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, um, so that's why I think we'll probably both be bouncing between both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me is just that um, Transformers CCG, as well as other character-based TCGs I've played, like where you actually start with things in play that are your main focus as opposed to like a game like Magic where you start with nothing in play. Um, so this is probably closer to like, you know, the Pokemon vein or the um, other games like that vein. Um, mm-hmm. I just think the characters should be the spotlight. Um, and I think this game has brought in a lot of players that are Transformers fans first um, TCG players second, or have brought in players that um, the demographic of the game seems to be older. And yes. maybe just because I'm older, I don't know. But <laughs> like, um, I mean, it logically makes sense. While Transformers obviously got a resurgence with the live action movies, and as a whole, Hasbro's been pushing it more. It's always obviously been a a kid focused property. Obviously, there's more people who, like, a kid now doesn't have the money, they got to go ask mom and dad, whereas an adult that grew up with it, it's like, oh, I like this thing, it's something I remember, the nostalgia, blah, blah, blah. So I could, there are a lot of reasons why it would skew older. Yeah, there's seen, and there seemed to be a lot of players that were playing other games that like the property and then found out that the game is really good, so, yep, and the company's good, and the organized play is good, etc., and are now here, but probably wouldn't have started here if it wasn't Transformers, if it was just exactly. generic, whatever. So those two populations 
to me form a huge portion of the population like like those two subpopulations form i would probably argue like 80 percent of the the players in general i mean i might be over exaggerating a little bit there might just be some tcg purists out there that try every game and like this game but i don't know what else would fit from a competitive standpoint i don't know what else what other population i'm missing right other than you know just people that play various games and like the mechanics and couldn't tell you one character from another right um i just think that doesn't make up a huge portion of the population so i'm gonna so the conversation is gonna be focused with those two populations in mind that are quote transformers the ip fans at the same time or before the card game i guess technically they'd have to be before the card game but that's neither there um I just don't think there's room for those populations to exist at the same time of a card like this. I just don't like that they exist simultaneously because I think one takes away from the other. Mm -hmm. I would tend to agree. So to bring it to or bring it back to the article that was posted again, like you said, it was very well written. I completely understand and I think they are both logical arguments as well as valid ones to your point i just don't think that this is really well let me put it this way when we first got the preview i distinctly recall saying something to the effect of i hope this card is bad because right i completely see where it's supposed to exist and like where they're going from a design perspective of if anybody's familiar with it it's a a Johnny card. It promotes all these wacky things because it's on a different axis. It also, from a Vorthos perspective, is going to to the Transformers fans. You you call back to the movie when they're trying to escape, and uh, you know you you have all of these positive things that can be associated with it. It hypothetically has a really cool moment of you know you're playing with your friend or your your family at the kitchen table. And then you pull out that last second daring escape win. And, you know, like it feels like you're emulating the card to some extent, you know, from a a gameplay overall feel. Whereas in reality, what we're seeing manifest and what's been brought up in a lot of conversations online is kind of the opposite nightmare where it's both by virtue of the way this game works and also the way the card inherently works it's very non-interactive. It's because it's attacking on an access, access, axis, excuse me, that is not the traditional one. Like you were saying, Scott, that it's character focused game. The characters are the focus, therefore combat, they go punch each other and things kind of, it even said in the article, it boils down to a damage race there. This is, Um, what was that? I'm going to, I will take certain pieces of that and call them into question but yeah okay well (laughs) i'll i'll kick it over to you in just a second so it's yeah uh, yeah yeah, 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 um if we assume that things revolve around combat and now we're saying throw that out the window it's inherently going to drive a a dichotomy where it's you can either deal with it or you can't and that's decided long before you sit down so that hypothetical where you're sitting at the kitchen table if i sit down and play against my wife if she decided that she's playing random deck, it doesn't matter what it is. It just does not have an answer to a daring escape list. We're not really playing a game. 
or we're playing two different games that never actually intersect in any meaningful way. Right. I agree. So it, rather than belabor and ramble <laughs> what I'm talking about. So let me kick it back to you, Scott, because you'd said that you wanted to challenge some of the, the points that were brought up. Yeah. I mean, the damage race point, I think, is not... I mean, I understand, like, yes, it's technically a race, like the way a player that won won the race, I guess, but I don't I don't feel it's as simplistic as that. I just feel hmm. like there's there's ways of winning it and losing it on both sides of attack and defense. And I think I think I, I think that's what they're trying to say. I think that's what Scott meant. I just don't know that like Well calling it a race term, feels like a yeah, terminology. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to like say misstep, too, but <laughs> it seems too simplistic to me, but I understand I guess like I don't know what other way you would say it, but like Right. I don't, I don't. I don't think that it's an opposite of whatever a combo deck is trying to provide. I don't think that. I don't think there's only one way or another. Like there's only you win the damage race or you play a combo. Like I, I just don't. I think that's just too too dichotomous for what this game brings to the table. Right. Um, and I guess my idea. I think. I think one thing we need to stress is when we say combo deck, we don't mean. We mean like a win condition that's provided by, I guess you could say, solely battle cards, like um, as opposed to combo. That's a synergistic relationship between battle and character cards. I mean, like with the exception being like I understand like there were decks where you get Thundercracker up to like a billion attack and attack and steamroll and kill your team, kill their team. Like I still think that's a combo deck, right? Um, that that's fair, but that is a yeah. And they Wizards has said this before, way back with the swap parts ban. That, and I kind of agree. That's a Thundercracker deck, right? Not what we're labeling a combo deck, or in the capacity that we're calling it. Yes, they both fall into that category. But I think anybody who looks at those two decks are not saying these are the same thing. I just, I, I just think there's ways within a game to have combos. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh, multi-mission gear and multi-tool automatically makes something like a combo. Deck. Like, I just think, or, you know, to, and drawing a bunch of cards off equipment enthusiasts or something like that makes it a combo deck. You can have combinations within the deck that make the deck more consistent, that make the deck more powerful. I just don't like this. I'm singularly focused on pulling this thing off, if that makes sense. Yeah, because, like there's ways of doing that. Like, oh, like, it's like an achievement in a in a in a in a in a video game or another. I guess video game is used to it. It's like it's like some weird thing that you have to do, and you can say, "Yeah, I did it once," and it, that's fine. It's just that I don't know why they have to be tournament viable. Yes. And we can get into this later, but like they they say there's answers, but what that requires to answer them is warping. Now, to play devil's advocate for a second, by some definition, every playable tournament viable card is going to be warping because they are either pushing out large swaths of the card pool or requiring you to reevaluate the relationship between certain decks and cards. But to defeat my own point, and I'm sure you were about to as well, Scott, there is a difference between or I guess the better way to put this is that this particular card or type of card and type of deck are much more binary. Like 
the example I said where I sit down and play against my wife, I'm playing Daring Escape and she's playing something else. Either she has the answer for it at the time or she doesn't. And right. that's not really a, a – to what you were saying earlier it, when we were trying to break down the, the term of it being a damage race, there are more decision points and it feels as though – there's no de- the only decision was made two weeks before you sat down to play in that sort of scenario. Now that this is still early, I'm not saying because I can't put out there with truthfully and say this deck is unbeatable. This deck is top tier. Oh, no, 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 it's not yeah. anything. We're, we're not we're not saying, we're not that, saying that just that to get all. that out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's more the. I mean, the things that we can concretely concretely say are the way it operates, and it's just. Those don't seem very healthy long run or it's one of those that in, in the Johnny tabletop kitchen scenario, I don't even know if it would be fun there to be honest. Like you said, maybe once I did it, it's an achievement. I made a deck that did this thing. Great. No one wants to ever see that deck again. And that's, I almost look at it as and this is going to digress a bit, so I apologize everybody who's not necessarily familiar with this. If you played Magic or you're familiar with Magic and know the the format Commander or EDH, if you if you played 100 years ago, um, there's a lot of social contracts with that. It's a, a multiplayer intended to be primarily be a kitchen table format. And the idea is, yes, you could do obscenely powerful things. Part of the social contract with your group is... You know, if everybody says, hey, that deck sucks, no one wants to play against her, nobody wants to see that card, you kind of bend on that. If I look at this card and say, well, if I brought this to a, I know we focus competitively, but like if I brought this and that same strategy to a a kitchen table event, I don't think anybody's really going to be happy about that, me included, playing it. Yeah, I agree. And it now when we take it to the competitive end, Okay, yeah, a lot of people are going to say the same thing. Oh, well, if I brought bugs, everybody's going to be pissed. But at least if you like the Insecticons from a Transformers fan perspective, you have an excuse. Or you just like playing aggro decks. Or there's always going to be a faster deck and then slower decks. Because this is such a unique axis and because the way you interact with it is so different, it's not – I don't know. I don't want to say that having that extra level – is or or skew is necessarily bad because it's cool to have the new interactions and new ways to to play the game but and maybe we'll just you know a few months from now maybe we'll go you know like okay well that's another way to play the game and it's fine but it really feels like as you said earlier scott that for a character focused game it seems to be stripping a lot of that away yeah, I, I don't, I mean, and we've had various conversations where that was the focus of the game. Yeah. It, it just seems very, again, to use the word, it just seems very dichotomous to me to say both things. Yeah. It, um, go ahead. I don't, I don't know the other phrase, but like, I, I don't know another thing besides dichotomous to say, but it just, it just seems odd to me that like, there's been conversations where it, it's a character focused game and there's conversations where it's like, we want these alternate win conditions. Like, I, I just don't understand how these two things marry together because um, I, I just don't know. I mean, I there the group that 
you were saying earlier is the probably the the minority of the players. So people that came into the game or discovered the game either know nothing about Transformers, don't care about Transformers, never want to know anything about Transformers. Um, I can see this being targeted at them because at the end of the day, it is a card game. Other card games have this sort of thing. So, I again, I don't have a problem with it. I think there we, there's got to be a better way to marry it. This feels... Even, again, and I... I hate to keep going back to this well, but I think it illustrates everything pretty cleanly. It, if you're playing more casually, you build a daring escape deck. Naturally, you're going to tinker with it or any deck. You're going to tinker with it. You're going to improve it. And I think the end result of this card or this type of card is going to result in a super linear build that, again, either you have the answers or you don't. There's no real give and take. There's no decisions about, well, does this guy block for that guy? It's just, hey, I went off on two or whatever. Yeah. And the article mentions that. The article, I, I don't know. The article basically says that. It says it's linear, and so therefore it has a lot of easy answers as well as it has easy questions. I don't, I don't know what else well, to but call that, it, but. I mean, that, yes, that is true. And the article, I mean, it specifically says, hey, you might, you want to beat this thing? Here are some of the answers. And right. they're they're in black and white or, well, the, the pictures are in color, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. The issue that I have with it, I guess, is on a more philosophical level. And I think this is where you're falling as well, Scott, is just that that, that doesn't really have anything to do with the gameplay like whether there is a way to address it or not doesn't necessarily answer the question of how are you addressing it from a strategic perspective of if you're supposed to care about the cards and the lore and this is a transformers game and everything like just having stat blocks on things isn't enough mm -hmm. um having just card text on things isn't enough and this makes you essentially treat all of those things. That, and I know we do talk about from the competitive end a lot of numbers and trying to hit certain metrics and hit certain targets and make sure that you're answering A, B, or C. But this seems to take it to another extreme. Yeah, I know that you, and again, to play Devil's Advocate, I'm sure mm -hmm. there are characters in these decks that don't see play in other decks. So it opens up avenues to have other characters see play. I get that. And some of the some of the decks I've seen with this, there are characters there that, that don't see play in other ways. And from the other um, end, the answers which were provided, some of them, uh, are characters that maybe you wouldn't have seen play otherwise. Right, right. But I think I think and I and I get also that like I I, I don't have a I'm trying to think of a let me think of a pure example, but like I mean, we talked about it in other shows where like a character, B character is clearly better than A character in Y deck. Right. And because Y deck is the only deck that ever existed where A character saw play, they get pushed out for B character. And that is a similar situation to pushing out archetypes based on combo decks existing. I get that. Mm -hmm. So you could make the argument that, like you said earlier, like any tournament viable card does this in some way, shape, or form. Right. Um, however... I just don't think this is, I don't understand why this needs to exist. 
I think at it, all. Like, I, I, that part I do get, and I mean, with the caveat that it doesn't. Me. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be in this form. I mean, I, on the spot, I can't think of a good alternate win condition that. Uh, would not directly relate to combat even in other games. So as I was thinking about this the other day, in Magic, there's Infect, or Scott, I don't know if you played that, but Poison. Yeah, I know what, I know what Okay, I didn't know when, you, when you'd when stop, but... um, I, I didn't play with it, but I know what it is. Uh, yeah, so point is that in Magic, there's this. there are a number of alternate win conditions, but this one was actually the big thrust of a set, or a few sets, and mm-hmm. it essentially gave your opponent an additional like alternate life total and mm-hmm. there were very difficult ways to interact with it but it boiled down to a lot of the cards were creatures or characters to compare it to transformers that had text that interacted in this way so it would be if bombshell i'm just hold cloth making this stuff up if bombshell mm-hmm. a new bombshell came out that had a cerebro shell ability and it allowed you to mind control your opponent if you ta- if you did such and such an amount of damage or or completed some sort of event and then you mind control your opponent and bang the game ends on the spot because now you've taken over um that would be a, a better comparison to in fact where okay you're still interacting on the normal axis but it gives you the alternate win condition this is you're on a completely independent rail so when we're talking about the extremes and actually improving stuff, and I know there are people out there who make the argument, well, just don't ruin the game by building really good decks. Well, people are going to improve their decks. Uh, people are going to get better because they want to, to win. It's fun to win. And because this is going to require such an... Ex- or the idea of it, again, th- maybe this card will turn out to be terrible and the whole deck will just collapse, but it inherently wants you to have a totally independent set of answers from everything else in the game up to this point. Yes. And it, it I think the biggest issue with that, because that sounds cool, even when I say it, I'm like, well, actually, that doesn't sound too bad until I look at it. It's just that it's not just assumptions that have been made about how the game is, air quotes, supposed to work. It's also what the game like the underlying rules i don't know when this was designed maybe this was on the cutting room floor from wave one and it just never made it in the set kind of thing but it feels like the whole game is structured for a and we're taking 75 like those Mm -hmm. don't even fit like they, they don't they don't even fit together so i don't know i i feel like i'm i'm just repeating myself over and over again so i'll kick it back to you scott it it's Give me something positive. Like, do you do you see any value in this sort of card existing in this game? Not from a competitive standpoint. But if you want to say that it needs to exist from a like, like you, I, I don't want to demean it and, and like the kitchen table aspect of it. But it's like mm-hmm. I did. I pulled off this cool thing, and they've mentioned this numerous times. Like, I pulled off this cool thing. But like, I pull off cool things in a game all the time. Like, uh, you know, hitting my one of or. Ever. To be fair, and, the, and, this is a little more splashy than hitting your one of. <laughs> yeah, and, and and to be honest with you, like I I, I do want to point out that that I believe a card like overwhelming advantage is not a combo card, whereas this is really specifically okay. Yeah, because because it specifically says win the game. 
So you do a bunch of things to eventually do one thing that says win the game. Mm -hmm. Whereas overwhelming advantage, you have to play, again, you, you typically have to play less powerful cards by nature of having to have all five pips. And then flipping a bunch of other things, and maybe I'm biased because it has direct damage on it. I don't know, but like <laughs> I was going to say, is this influencing your decision? <laughs> but uh, but but I don't think that deck plays out to where you're drawing ten cards a turn and and emptying your entire deck. It just basically is like I need to get a bunch of upgrades on a character and then hit a certain number of pips. Like that's ultimately not any different than I put a power punch and a supercharge on Wheeljack and flip over 11 It's cards. just a bigger number, essentially. Yes, yes. It's no different than attacking for 1,000. That's fair. I think that, to me, that's still qualified because of the requirements for overwhelming advantage. It still qualifies as a combo card, but I can definitely agree it's not in the same subcategory as Daring Escape or things along those lines. Yeah, you're still playing the game. You're still upgrading characters, playing actions, attacking... Mm-hmm. Like you're doing all those things, you're not just turtling until you can that, go off. For the record, the overwhelming advantage example is way less complex than what I was trying to describe with my bombshell <laughs> thing earlier. Just throwing that out there. You should have interrupted me then and be like, "You mean like overwhelming advantage?" <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, but, it's, but, see, but see, that's that's even an extreme. Like I like like new let's look at new general optimus hitting that blue orange and getting a free upgrade out of it is going to feel like you accomplished something because there's only six of them that you can play in your deck without costing stars Mm -hmm. so like if you like natural like i mean you know if you actually just flip like a matrix or a rollout but like if you don't do that and you flip naturally like you know uh, an orange and a white and then another orange oh my last card's a blue like that's gonna feel like you're gonna get that's like mean rush the the kibler flipping over lightning helix yeah at yeah, the pro yeah. tour and moment like, <laughs> you're gonna feel good like I, I don't think you need to sit there for 10 minutes while your opponent draws their entire deck and then they feel good like like so it doesn't need to be the same thing like one point about that combos. yeah it, not to interrupt yeah. you too much but mm-hmm. the one point about that is that so there are decision points with this combo as we've seen it up to this point so once you start getting the engine going you still have to you could fizzle meaning that the combo doesn't complete you aren't successful it's likely but it is possible that you're going to fail and as a result your opponent is forced to sit there and watch you play solitaire for 10 minutes it's not i execute this loop it cannot fail I'm going to tell you, opponent, I'm going to do this 6,000 times, and then I get my my pot of gold at the end of whether it's winning the game or doing a billion damage and therefore winning the game or whatever it is. Um, I think that is a component and really is one of the, the big detriments to this is that if we rule out the decks that just happen to have some number of daring escapes in them, like you're again, you're playing kitchen table or whatever – you randomly threw in daring escape for the hell of it you know like it's not well that's a negative why would you ever do that well they let me hear me out here's where (laughs) it's going so (laughs) if we throw those decks out where we're we're not talking about those where it just happens to be in the deck because those are the cards you opened you're just playing it for funsies like literally for funsies (laughs) every other iteration of this deck is going to probably necessitate some set of I'm going to do my own thing for X number of minutes while you watch me. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not a, oh, I just drew this card and I need to think because now I'm planning out four turns ahead. It's just, I'm taking a singular turn that takes forever. And therefore, I don't think that that's really a good direction. Like it, even a bad version of the deck where it does not work consistently or it's too slow or it's whatever is still probably going to have that turn where is anybody really having fun there? <laughs> I mean, without giving away too much, the article mentions two different ways of achieving this. Yes. It shows your jet fire and basically assumedly like flipping a bunch of times and having a million card hand. Hmm is one way, and then you have... All of them involve having your entire deck in your hand and or somehow playing multiple Daring Escapes over the course of the game and having the rest of it in your KO pile. Yep. But that is even more dangerous because if you KO the rest of them, like you might not get the other ones back, etc. And then it mentions, essentially, and then it shows you a picture of involuntary promotion and says, like, you do the whole... It even just says, like, you just do the whole specialist card thing that we banned before. Like, I'm just like, what? Like, how... You just do this thing that you had to hate out of the game like i I don't understand like well your other way of doing it it is certainly (laughs) to defend involuntary promotion yes it does it's a quote-unquote swap parts but it is decidedly a weaker swap parts because you're not netting actions which are the primary driver for this stuff so you're you're if you had the three specialist things out so we're talking multi-tool multi-mission gear field communicator you involuntary promotion you're still at the same one action you had before, assuming you don't flip something off communicator that gives you more. So but you're, that's not, always, you're always you're always on you're always on that knife's edge. Like, well, but as compared it, to what I'm saying is compared to swap parts, where sure. if you have if you swap parts, you're actually plus one action, and therefore it gives you more breathing room. So yes, you are on the knife's edge. Good, but involuntary promotion has to be a lesser, and I think there's a four cost character that might have an ability built into him. That may copy one of his abilities. I don't remember offhand, but I think. It but does. you can only do yeah, that once. Yeah, yeah. So even though, yes, it, I, I think we all know what you're referring to. But he, that particular character, also can only swap parts once. Even Unless if you're he's, not, if he's dead and comes back again. In this yeah, you can. Quote, that's turn. actually part of the micromaster thing is that you can only do it once a turn. Okay, fair. like that's that's actually a rule. So fair. it does dodge that piece, but. I mean, your point still stands that there's more breathing room to this entire concept than people may realize. Right. That being said, I don't think that... I mean, we said it before that we're not saying at any point that this is an unbeatable deck, that it's oppressive from a competitive standpoint. I mean, it's still early. People are still trying stuff out. But it's more the general idea of why, why, like, why does this thing exist? Yeah. I mean, that's my, I don't understand why it needs to exist. I don't understand, like, what you're, I mean, I reread the, I reread both articles. I reread the preview article about it twice today, and I reread the Scott's article two more times today. And and I, the only thing I found was basically, like, they wanted to simulate the Autobots leaving Cybertron for some reason, and you get to win the game doing it. Like, like, couldn't you just like cancel a combat or something? Like, I, I think you could have simulated that in other ways. I, I don't really. 
Well, I th- understand. <laughs> that's where, like I was saying earlier, I get that argument from like, I mean, we're both Transformers fans. I, I love the, the Vorthos aspect of it. I love getting into like, oh, that's a really deep cut on the Transformers side. Or, you know, like we said, Daring Escape kind of emulates the, the escape either in the arc or from Autobot City or whichever, the 10,000 scenes where the, the Autobots narrowly escape the Decepticons. Um, I think, to your point, it could have been manifested in a different way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily... And I don't even really have necessarily a problem that it literally has you win the game on it. It was funny when it was first... Not long after it's previewed, uh, one of our teammates, Adam Bixler, was saying that... Well, Magic has printed a lot of cards that say you win the game on them. That doesn't necessarily mean they're good. It still comes mm-hmm. back to the the way that this deck has to work to be we'll call it good whether it's kitchen table or competitive is not a good experience if you play the jetfire version that suggested or even joe from wreck and rule uh shout out to them because he he debuted a a cars variant of it that presumably both of them are on the slower end compared to the other versions and i'll be honest i don't know how those really would win in any environment where security <laughs> checkpoint exists. Um, Joe's might because his is more action-based, but if you give your opponent a thousand turns, and in fairness to Joe, the video that they posted, Brian was playing Turbo Board, which kind of was like, why? That, that's just like, did you know? Because you're just screwing with him. But it was it was funny. Um, but those slower versions, I just don't know how they're going to function because there are collateral damage, which is highlighted in the article sustained by those decks because of things that would be played normally the other versions are exactly what we've been uh, spending all this time talking about what? we'll get back to that collateral damage from cards that would play normally that's the second huge point that i definitely want to make because i well, don't we agree can, with that point at all so oh okay well we can we can get into that basically right now i was going to say compared to the collateral as opposed to the collateral damage argument the other side is if you're playing the what the article describes as the faster version. So you have the narrower, that's a hard word to say, uh, more powerful <laughs> counters. That's where you're on this totally askew axis that, okay, it just comes down to, did you, when we were talking about aerial bots in a different recording, do you have photon bombs? No? All right, well, you're in for a tough time, except this is even more to the extreme. Yes, So. I agree. Let me, as far as the collateral damage, so you said you disagree with it. Um, is it with specific versions of this deck, or do you just disagree with the idea in general? I disagree that combo decks in general have have suffer from collateral damage from cards that we'll see play normal. Well, I mean, and this is a stretching it on the combo end, but if you talk about like King Starscream suffers a lot due to security checkpoint, which is getting played anyway. Yes, that's where I think that's a quote fair combo deck. Not only that is is it's fair that way, and you have to. Win. Oh, okay. So you, you're you still win through combat, right? Again, I'm it's the delineation. About, these, yes. Yeah, the alternate win condition. Well, the the Jetfire one, for example, I mean, again, that may fall into the the fair category as a result, but I can't imagine that thing winning very quickly. So eventually, you checkpoint them, and they go. Well, I guess I lose. Yes, but the, even in that example, I mean, yes, 
checkpoint it should be ubiquitous in any blue deck and then even in most mixed pip decks mm-hmm. so it's 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 a heavily played answer but even then it doesn't the combo deck by definition should be easier to pull off than its answers unless the answer is just so out there all the time that like it's impossible to avoid it right um like i don't know <laughs> like there's something it said like you couldn't take any damage or something like that. I don't know. Like, mm. you know, your, your characters can't take damage outside of combat or so, can only take damage outside of combat and they'll have, like, two hit points or something. I don't know. Whatever it is. Like, yeah. you know, like, like it would have to be something like that. Unless it's, like, you could trip and fall over and, and, and hit ten cards in people's decks that all see play. I, like, like, you know, or your opponent can't flip a certain color, can't flip a green card or else you lose or something like that. Like, that would be where it would it would fall apart in my opinion but here these answer cards like okay let's let's start with the obvious the character answer is the worst thing i've heard that that is just that doesn't make any sense to me as for in what capacity good because the way a lot of times the way you sideboard in this game i don't want to say it's transformative but it's it's you're usually going down in characters to gain a larger character. That's the way that we built our sideboards. That's the way oh, a lot I mean, it's the way the sideboarding rules lend themselves because right. you can't do the opposite. You can only sideboard, you can, because you can only sideboard one character. Yep. So let's, and I, I'm not saying there aren't other answers, but let's just look at the at the answers that were provided in the art. So you have Turbo Board, Caliburst, and I think there was one other. I don't. Uh, I have it up right now. It's well, Needler was the the discussion about a hypothetical other, you know. They were talking about turning off I still function combos. Okay, sure. So really the other two were the focus for this. Right. So what deck can sideboard six and seven cost characters and not not lose out? Other decks that are already running six and seven cost characters. Mm-hmm. How many slots in your side ten card sideboard are you going to use up with star cards to make up for who you're cutting out to play one of these characters? Well, I mean, to be That's fair, it's none. I think you can probably get away with none because, like, depending on how much those characters cripple it, if you are that can, and I think that's the argument because they're even talking about turning certain matchups around via sideboarding. And, you know, obviously there were made up percentages about hypothetical matchups, but if Turbo Board or Caliburst or whoever makes it so you lost game one, you cannot lose game games two and three just by them being on the board okay your your 10 battle cards are now devoted to other matchups you just devoted your one character which is not an insignificant cost but i guess that's fair is it though like if these decks didn't exist you wouldn't have to worry about this problem you'd actually get to sideboard effectively with a character and battle card well but now you're like that's the argument of I mean, that's the argument of, well, by definition, any competitive card is going to force you to adapt to it. If this was a different, like, a control deck that, I mean, Shockwave isn't a great example. Let's say Shockwave, there was a new character that just demolished Shockwave post-board. Sure. Whatever it happened to be. Is that significantly different? And I'm playing devil's advocate here, but just for the sake of teasing out the entire argument. It would depend on the star cost. So here you have an example of like, what do you like? Your aerial bots. You're gonna sideboard turbo board. Like, what are you like? What are you gonna do? 
Is that what you're going to do? You're going to play with three crappy aerial bots and turbo? Like, I mean, how is that, like, quote, fun at all? Well, I think that, I mean, this argument has come up because I've, <laughs> for a number of articles that I was going to write and I have written for, for other games, I do kind of reference back to uh, their old now articles for Magic on what the written and unwritten rules are for when things get banned. And there's always this fuzzy one of things being quote unquote unfun, which is obviously there, there's no scientific way to quantify that. And it's going to vary person mm -hmm. to person. Even for me, you ask me 10 minutes from now, I'm going to say, nah, daring escapes fine. Uh, <laughs> but it depends on a lot of different fuzzy factors. And I agree with you that <sighs> No matter what, if this is a thing, and it's a real, and by a thing, I mean it's a, a viable competitive tournament deck, and there are binary answers, which is what's being suggested, it's going to suck for one person or the other. <laughs> I love what you, so that was just funny, like you're like, all these big words suck yeah <laughs> i mean it, it, i i do you know what's funny is i do that at work sometimes and it, i get the same reaction but it does like i think that gets the point across is that okay game one i'm playing daring escape i'm on top of the world because you cannot interact with me it's just not possible and then post board you slam turbo board and i go well i guess i lose I mean, there, there, of course, is the potential for transformative sideboards on the other side, but then it's, again, you're, I don't know, it, it feels like all roads lead to a diminished enjoyment factor for everybody involved in a game involving this card, or this type of card. And again, we may be looking at it from a biased perspective, but like, I just don't, I'm trying to speak population that I'm a of. And then I feel like I'm representing that doesn't know any better. Let's put it that way. I mean, I, and it's just broken record time, but I do understand where they were coming from with the, is it top down when you come up with the lore first or is it bottom up when you come up with the lore first? I always mix them up. Uh, it's, uh, it's bottom up when you come up with the mechanics first, so it's top down. So I get the top down design, and if Watsy's listening, I apologize if I botched that. Um, no, but no, I, you're right. I, right. I get the the intent, and I thought I think it's really cool in a vacuum. <laughs> uh, it's just that given all of the other factors for this game, it's just I don't know. I. It's similar to how we've talked in the past about how Metroplex is kind of always out there and it's like, or you pick another arbitrary fringe deck in other games where it's always out there and it's like, well, if this shows up today, it's just going to crush everybody. Those sort I mean, of scenarios are not fun and they're not, I, I don't see how they're fun for anybody other than, you know, that guy who managed to go XO throughout the entire day because nobody packed the hate card this week. Yeah, and, and and from a battle card perspective, I don't think that those some of those cards that were mentioned are are ubiquitous answers in the meta to other strategies that we right now. Or I don't think are effective enough to, to combat it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm looking at the end of the article now, so they said hijack, overheat, and decipher. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that two of the three are not really talking about this card. <laughs> 
Well, I don't even know what the other two were. I only heard hijack. Uh, hijack, overheat, and decipher. Well, yeah, obviously, but I mean, like they, I think at one point there's like espionage and. Uh, yeah, system reboot, also. espionage, and jam signals. Yeah, they're all like. I mean, system reboot seems awful to me. Um, well, it depends. I like I it, it, that was within it were in response to the slower Jetfire version, where it's like you can see them building up to it. Oh, you have twenty cards in hand. I'll reboot. Yeah, I mean, again, like I get it, but. I don't know. I, I, I guess the devil's argu- advocate article argument is if you have to slant your sideboard other strategies as it is, then this mm-hmm. is no different than having to slant this. But well, there's a difference because there's a difference between having to slant it and then because this is the other angle that I don't think was specifically mentioned, but I'm sure was on the the, the whiteboard at some point of. The mere fact that decks like this or or other hypothetical deck exist causes a ripple in the metagame where you have to account for it. So if everybody's going for the high score with Bolt, you know, like everybody's trying to do a million damage with Bolt, then Gyro comes in, which pushes out other cards, which then causes things downstream to keep happening. So I guess I can see the argument where something like this could say, well, you have to dedicate sideboard slots to this deck that causes the thing you were going to sideboard for originally to now be an even weaker matchup because you don't have that board plan. Therefore, you adjust your main deck a little bit, which then changes the percentage in this matchup, etc., down the line, so that everything kind of just pairs down. But that, I'll be honest, even as I'm saying that, it's it's making a lot of assumptions. It's And it also doesn't have a whole lot of basis in past precedent, as far as I'm aware, this game or otherwise. And it may just be us that don't like it, and I get that. Yeah, and I'm willing to accept that. Like, don't take this as, you know, you guys need to listen to us. We know what we're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Um, It's definitely, this is just, as always, our initial hot take. Well, maybe not always, but this is a hot take opinion, kind of, um, on this deck. And... Maybe it's fine. Maybe it'll it's it's the boogeyman, and no one will ever see this card. It's ne- it will never be a thing. The mere threat of turbo board and people's boards scares it away. I don't know, um, but I don't think that changes the larger discussion that we've been having of what, if the whole game is oriented toward this sort of play pattern. It's cool to have that other play pattern. But maybe it doesn't necessarily have a home here. Maybe you just play another game if that's the play pattern you want. And that's not a yeah. get out of my game kind of thing. It's just the rules back, and the way back that in my, back in my day. Yeah, exactly. Like get get off my lawn. No, it, that's to be fair. Back in my day, there were much worse combo decks than this. But yes, exactly, exactly. Um, it's more a if I'm sitting down to play poker. And somebody drops a bunch of chess pieces on the table. Like, it doesn't make any sense. These are two different games. Yeah, actually, that's very similar to an example I was thinking. Oh, what were you going to say? That's like almost the same exact thing. Like, no one takes can take different pieces to a chessboard or play poker differently. Yeah, exactly. I get that that's the difference. But and so the like the, the difference to keep the analogy going. Like, it, it, there are shades between various you know poker oriented card games. But 
those are card games, not board games or whatever. They they come with a different set of rules, and it's it's fine to enjoy certain play patterns. Or if the card game was built with that in mind, maybe like I said, maybe long term this will be a blip. No one cares, uh, and it'll be perfectly fine. But it feels like a real bad sore thumb. It's like the people who think that you're supposed to get five hundred dollars when you hit free game. It's not actually in the rules. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a completely different game when you play that. And so, like when you show up to a quote Monopoly tournament playing that way, and people are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Or like you bid on the properties. And yeah, you're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Like when you play on the computer for the first time, you're like, "What the hell game is this?" Real so talk. If there are, if there's a Monopoly rules. tournament, I'm gonna hate myself because man, I hate Monopoly. <laughs> So do I, but I'm just, yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're starting to, if we haven't already been going in circles about it. So do you feel we've gotten everything out in the open, Scott? Yeah, I think, I mean, we're really trying to be objective here. It's just, and like I said, it might just be us, but Mm. I just feel like, you know, I just want to put our opinions out. Now, the, the only other thing I'll add is. I don't design card. I mean, I'd, I'd love to design card games. I do it for funsies, you know, on the side. I haven't recently, but, you know, I like creating things and games. I play a lot of games. So, you know, everybody has a little bit of pride. They think they know what they're doing. The people who created this card are the professionals. And as I've said with many other things, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and they also have a lot of information, like when you started out, Scott, with the for lack of a better way to put it, the percentage of player types, like were you a, just a Transformers fan? Did you not care? Are you both? Are you more in for the card game? Whatever. They have a lot more data on that front. So mm-hmm. I'm perfectly willing to defer to them. It's just, again, like Scott was saying, personally, I get all of the arguments. I I really do cognitively understand it. I just don't like it. <laughs> that's kind of what it comes down to yep I totally um well i guess that'll do it especially since our, our dan's leaving us he's boarding his plane so oh man <laughs> crisis yeah, time our guest, our guest is gone yeah well like i said we did have a few earlier so uh yep. it, at least they were they were lurking and and uh following along so i appreciate everybody that was doing that i think that'll close it up for this one um look forward for more stuff from Vector Sigma, anything that you want to call out, Scott, that's coming up in future weeks? Maybe it'll be live by the time this goes up. Oops. No, I just understand that we we recording this, what's today's date? The 13th. Yeah, so I mean, this won't even get posted until a couple weeks later. This topic may not even be relevant. And so I guess technically you may not even hear it if it's totally irrelevant. But I mean, <laughs> um, but... Uh, it may have been addressed in other ways. We may be over overblowing it, like whatever. Hmm. Um, but this is just what we're thinking about now, and because of the testing, we need to record a couple of these at a time. So, yep, yeah, that's where we're at. Cool. Well, for everybody out there, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more tech talk. From VectorSigma.info, we wanted to take this moment to thank all of our patrons for believing in the service we're providing. If you're not yet a member of a Patreon, feel free to click on the link for other podcasts like this one or verse videos or any of the other great content that we provide on our YouTube channel. Thanks, guys.